0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. And, of course, you know, news keeps happening every day. Um, I was especially interested in after hours on Tesla's report. Did you see Tesla's uh, numbers? It's funny, you know, they missed on sales but beat on profits. And the stock is up sharply. Now, some other companies will miss, will beat on profits and miss on sales and they'll be crushed. Just the opposite. Doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but that's the market. It's always about what they expect in the short term. What's the expectations? And they didn't expect Tesla to do so well. So it's kind of interesting to watch the news and the buy play of what's going on. And I noticed uh, Tesla was up about 20% after hours. We'll see what it's uh, up tomorrow when it opens. I doubt it'll be open that, up that high. I'm Steve Peasley. thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll also give me a call. In, in, anything investing, anything financial we'll talk about. And when you do make that call, of course, you're driving the show in the direction you want it to go. So where do you want to take the show today? Remember, our goal here on invest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom, help everybody out there in the audience achieve that goal. And that means you, you want to make better investing decisions. One of those investing decisions is make sure you invest. Some people don't. You know, I mean, I know people that don't bother to invest in their company's um, 401k. I've even talked to people that the company will match it and they still won't invest in the 401k. They'll match some money instead of giving up free money. It doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I I do hear from them, well, I need all that money. I I need it because it covers my expenses. Reduce your expenses. Almost everybody listening to the radio show, you could reduce your expenses. There's very few people that couldn't that can't, to take advantage of things. So reduce your expenses. Spend less than you earn. And if you're not earning enough, well, do something about that. Better yourself in some way. It's hard work. I know. It's difficult. I know. I've been there. know all about that. Anyways, today we're going to do our best. I'm going to do my best to get to that goal of financial freedom. But I only can do that with your help. You need to call and ask your questions. 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time. 888-99-CHART. Now, by the way, I am going to be in New York City in a couple of weeks uh, for in-person reviews. And I did extend it to two days because the one day just filled up and I felt like, you know, that uh, people wanted to come in. To, you know, I, I just, if I'm going to go all the way to the East Coast, we might as well also make it two days and another one if the demand's there and people want to meet with me. So, little less than two weeks away. If you want to meet with me, uh, Friday is open. Thursday is full. So uh, we, this, uh, Thursday is the seventh. Friday is the eighth. Friday I do have openings. I don't. Uh, my last appointment of the day is taken, so it can't be after hours. It's got to be during the day. So if you want to want to see if we can get together. Just go to investtalk.com, and we'll get that process going. My main talking point today concerns the financial story. Due to escalating tariffs and weakening demand, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, predicts the Chinese gross domestic product will slow next year to 5.8%. That's in 2020, 5.8%. Now, frankly, don't you think that's pretty good? When the IMF says the world is going to be below 3% growth next year and China's 5.8, I don't know, sounds pretty good. But what does that mean for us here in the U.S.? We'll talk about that. That's going to be our main talking point. Got a couple other things. I want to talk about Bitcoin. Have you noticed Bitcoin been falling, 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 continuing to fall? We'll talk about evaluations, valuations of Bitcoin and other things you know, and I'm talking about basic valuations. And so we're, we're going to get into that. And I already talked a little bit about the Tesla Q3 earnings. Might bring that up a little bit more. Um, QE, do you know we're in quantitative easing again? Of course, the Fed said they haven't changed their monetary policy. <laughs> but they did, they're did. buying $60 billion a month in bonds. <laughs> what? If that's not QE, what is it? Anyways, so we're going to talk about that. I, you know, I got a number of things from previous previous uh, uh, days that I didn't get to, so I got lots of stuff if I run out of things to talk about. But again, you, you come first. Your calls are always first, always. So, Mark was up today. Dow, Dow was up. Oh, gosh, hold on. <laughs> buried my papers here on my desk. The Dow's up 46, the SP, I um, mean, the Nasdaq up 15, the SP up 9. Okay, it was down about the same yesterday, so not much is happening so far. And earnings are the driver these days. There's not much economic news out this week. Uh, Thursday, tomorrow, we'll have a spattering of information, but, but it's been a pretty light week in economic news. Okay, so now's the time to call. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready to talk to you. Um, Oh, wait. Okay. So, but let's go ahead and take a question from my anytime listener online. Apparently, we have a number of them backed up, and I got to get to some of those. 888-99-CHART.
0: Hey, how's it going? Steve or Justin. This is Dave from Dublin. I wanted to know uh, what you guys would suggest as a good, reliable, and quick way to assess how the economy is doing. know, a couple of uh, maybe statistics that could be looked up or methods used to compare how the economy is doing compared to how it was doing. Just get an overall sense of the strength of the United States economy.
1: Uh, Thank you. Sure, there's some, some key statistics you can watch. Um, uh, uh, you want to look at the leading economic indicators, and there's like 10 or 12 of them. There is all, uh, an LEI report that comes out that takes 10 of the economic indicators and report and conglomerates them into one. You should look at the LEI monthly report. Remember, our economy is driven by the consumer. 70% of our economy is driven by the consumer. So look at the unemployment numbers, the weekly unemployment claims. Okay, they have been really low in the low 200,000, that number of people filing for new unemployment claims, low 200,000 per week. Anything under 300,000 is pretty healthy. You want to look for a change. Is that number starting to increase? That'll tell you that the economy, the job market is starting to slow. Remember, we're consumer driven. What does a consumer like? Look at housing, new housing starts, housing sales, existing home sales. You know, consumers, if they're content and happy, that's really what you want. And they are spenders if they are. You want them to spend. That drives the economy. So those are the kinds of things that I, I look at all the time. Every, all the economic numbers out every week. But there are leading economic economicators, like uh, the length of the work week. Is it extending or Shrinking. You know, uh, a leading economic indicator tells you looking forward, right? So when you look at the housing numbers and things, that those are great, but they're looking backward. You want to look at the permits being issued to build new housing, and that comes out with a new housing, uh, new home sales report, which comes out tomorrow. So we'll know that tomorrow. Those are the kinds of things. You know, it's not just one thing. You got to look at a bunch of factors, We do know from looking at all these economic numbers that manufacturing is kind of in a recession. Two quarters in a row where they shrank. So manufacturing in the U.S. is in a recession. But not consumers, not consumer spending, not the service sector, even though it has shrunk to just barely above the expansion number of 50%. Anyways, those are the kind of numbers you look at. Okay. Hope that helps. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, I present this program with five new shows, Justin and I, every weekday, Monday through Friday. And we broadcast and stream live on the four o'clock hour a specific time. And I hope you'll tell your friends and family and members about Invest Talk. Justin and I, uh, do our very best to make it interesting, at least instructive. At least we hope so. And if it's not, you need to tell us. Uh, we'll, we'll make it instructive and interesting based on our, your feedback, okay? And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. So search, listen, subscribe, and please take a second or two to rate the Invest Podcast. I appreciate that. You can do that on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
2: This is Invest Talk. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever present. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888 99Chart. 888 992
1: 4278. Let's talk to Bob in Sacramento. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing fantastic.
0: Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, well, I have a, a situation here. I think I know what the answer is, but um, I'm thinking about selling my rental house, and I'll make 200000 after taxes, mm. and, okay. or I'll pay it off in seven years, but I'm, I'm thinking about selling it in January to April, and taking that money and buying the aristocrat dividends when the market crashes. I've been through four or five crashes so I, I know what they're like when they when it happens. And I was just mm-hmm. wondering what you thought about that as an idea. Otherwise, I could rent the house out and make 20,000 a year, but that doesn't seem like a very wise idea to retire with that.
1: Have you considered the ta- tax consequences from selling the house? Do you have you said it was a rental. Do you have you lived in it the last I'm, two I'm, last in the last 5? Pardon me, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I have. I have. I've been living there for okay. two years, fixing it up. Um, that's why January I just sell Perfect.
1: it. Perfect. Okay, so your capital gains then will be not taxed on the house when you sell it. Great. Okay. Yeah. So now it's really a question of what's the best use of your money. Okay, and the best use of your money is it to wait for that opportunity in the market when it crashes and then put it in the market, or should I, should I keep my house and make twenty thousand um, dollars? If you're, are you if if your return on the equity, the equity in the house is 200000 and your return is $20,000 in rent, that means you're making about 10% on your equity, correct?
0: Yeah, but still a headache, though.
1: Okay. Well, of course, yeah. Now you take that 200000 you put it in the stock market. Now, are you going to make 10% on your equity? The answer would probably be maybe close. Maybe sometimes I'll have to make a lot more. Sometimes I'll make a lot less, but it's going to be high, much more risky. Now, you just mentioned another factor here: how much of a headache property renting is, and that's one of the reasons I sold mine and all of mine in one year, two thousand and four, after having properties forever because of the headaches. Trust me, people—they can be headaches. Rental properties. Um, so the question you're asking: remember, it's math. You have two hundred thousand. What's the best use of that two hundred thousand? Now I might suggest you take no, some I'm of that two hundred thousand. And, well, I like the, I like those a lot, but you know you want to make be careful because you wouldn't want to buy them when they're on sale. Some of them are still, but you got to be very careful. Uh, because you don't want to pay up, you want to buy them on a pullback if you can be patient. And you might want to open up, you know, an IRA or pump more money into a 401k, because that's all, you got the money to do so, right, from the sale of that house. So you want to max out, and then, then you can have that tax write-off against your income while it also continues to work for you in the market. So it's not a bad idea um but you know especially if you're you're having a he- if it's a headache for you you don't want to be a rental own- owner anymore some people love that because you build income for for life right being a renter being an owner of a rental property but it is a headache so so there's nothing wrong with the idea okay appreciate the call thank you okay on the next invest talk we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies and I was going to talk about it a little bit today too. So they've been coming under fire from Congress. And Bitcoin, I know I just mentioned at the top of the hour, has plunged recently. So what might happen with Facebook's cryptocurrency plans? Remember, they have a big plan for cryptocurrency. We'll talk about that tomorrow in more detail. But now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. And the number here is 888-99-CHART.
2: This is InvestTalk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in-person and no-cost portfolio review consultations. Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th and Friday, November 8th. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? For best times, register now and learn more at InvestTalk.com. 888.99
1: 888.99 99 chart. Let's look at some of the benchmark benchmark numbers. Uh, gold is at 1495 or 1494 and change. That was up $3 from yesterday. It got above 1500. So it's still, you know, it's been trading sideways to down for the last month or two. We'll see. I think gold has one more leg up coming. Uh, the two year and 10 year treasury yield is still normal. So that's good. We got inversion, meaning that the 10 year was yielding less than the two-year a few weeks ago, a month ago, and that was a worry. But it's been for the last two, three weeks in a normal, normal curve, so that's good. And oil is up $55.97 a barrel. Which is kind of on the low side, but it's been hovering around 50 to 65, or 55, 65 for a while. I think it's just going to stay there. You notice that the turmoil, turmoil in the Middle East these days doesn't really seem to affect the price of oil much. Not, not the normal turmoil, anyways. It I, I think because we are more oil independent here in the United States. So remember, oil is priced in around the world in dollars. Okay, it is priced in dollars. So, you know, supplies across the globe can cause prices of oil to go up or down. But with us being the largest producer now and produce and you know, and and being more of an exporter, we put a more calming effect on the price. I think that's the result of our massive producing of oil. Anyways. And you know of course gasoline is about 262 across this country not in California. <laughs> you know it's very expensive here in the United States in California always has been probably always will be because of the policies we have. 88899 charters our number 8889924278 my main talking point today is about um, China. Things are looking are not looking that great for China's economy and it may be getting worse. Because right now, the growth rate this year is 6%. Next year, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, says it's going to be 5.8%. In reality, those numbers are very strong, right? I mean, gee, their $14 trillion economy growing 5.8% next year. That's great. But they've been coming down steadily year after year after year. And the slowdown has picked up this year because of trade policies. It's hurting their economy a lot worse than it's hurting our economy. Um, because why? It's pretty simple, really. Um, oh, gosh. I just lost there it is. Okay. Uh, it's really pretty simple um, because their economy is not nearly as dependent on the consumer. It's like 35, 37% of their economy is consumer-driven, where ours here, it's it's like uh, 70%. What's the other driver of economy in China? Exports, and the world has slowed down. Their exports have slowed down. And, of course, our tariffs have helped them slow that down, right? So that's one of the problems they're having, they want to get better, have a better economy. <clears throat> it would be to their advantage to uh, come up with a deal with uh, with us, but maybe that won't work. Who knows? You know, all I am doing is observing the facts, and the facts are that their economy has slowed down. Probably was going to slow down anyways, but the the terror. Uh, the trade war has made it worse for them than it has for us. It has hurt us too, though. Don't think we or get out without any pain. Yeah, it, it, it's affected us too. Look at our GDP. It's slowed down. I mean, ours is going to grow, you know, what, 2.5% or so? Well, we should get those numbers in next week or two, by the way, for the third quarter. We'll know better. Anyways, all interesting stuff. 888 chart Let's go talk to Richard and Cupertino. How are you doing, Richard?
0: Oh, pretty good. Long time no talk to you, but I've got a stock huh? called OEC. It's Orion Engineering Carbon. i uh, got a few hundred shares, mm-hmm. and it pays a strong dividend, almost 5%, with a pretty low PE, and I was thinking of doubling up on it. And just uh, okay. get an expert opinion, see if I'm missing something here.
1: Okay, let's see what it does. It's OEC, Oron Engineering Carbons, produces carbon black tint for coatings, printing inks, polymers, rubber, and other applications. It's a $985 million company, so a little bit under a billion, so it's pretty small. Um, they've made money for years now. Since 2015, they've made money. So the last four years, they're going to make money next year, five years. They're going to make $2.05 next year and a dollar, the stock is at $16.55 a share. So that's a fairly reasonable, I mean, it's 8 PE, right? 8 that's pretty cheap, pretty reasonable. Okay, uh, and I, I think the dividend is pretty secure at 4.8% because they have the money. So don't expect a lot of growth, but it is, Pretty reasonable price. I think it's going to go up in price, and you'll get that dividend in the meanwhile. Appreciate the call, Richard. This year, according to industry forecasts, the money spent on digital advertising in the United States will surpass that spent on traditional ads for the first time. So I have a question. By year in 2019, how many billions of dollars will have been spent for digital ads? And for Google and Facebook, what is the dollar value of their combined digital advertising revenue? How much money are they making? I'll have the answers for you next. This is Invest best talk. 888-99-CHART.
2: Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's Active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The Active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the Active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart.
1: Okay, this year, according to the industry forecast, the money spent on digital advertising this was my, digital, my uh, trivia question before the show the money spent on digital advertising in the United States will surpass that of traditional ads. Okay, by year in 2019, how many billions of dollars will that be? And how much money is Google and Facebook going to make? Okay, that was the question. So Here's my answer. 2019 digital advertisers in the United States will total about $130 billion. $130 billion. Google and Facebook combined controls 54% of that online ad market. Okay, the rest... The rest of advertising dollars, for about 110 billion, are dedicated to traditional advertising. So, 30 billion for digital, 110 billion for what we lived with for all our lives up until digital was invented. So, ad spending on TV will decline 2.2 percent this year, to about 71 billion. This is largely due to the absence of elections, <clears throat> big sports events such as the Olympics. That's why. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? 25 years ago, just 25 years ago, there was no digital advertising. (laughs) I mean, no one even heard of Facebook or Google or Amazon 25 years ago. That's not that long ago. Very interesting stuff. Bitcoin. Okay. Now we're gonna talk about Bitcoin a little differently tomorrow, but I wanted to talk about a little bit about evaluations, how do you know how much Bitcoin is worth? Now, it's been going down, down, down for the last couple of months, but I always have a problem, and I think we, I just want you to realize there's certain assets that you have no way to evaluate. It's what people think it is. Another one is gold. Now, how do you know how much gold is worth? Now, as opposed to Bitcoin, gold has been around for, you know, eons, right? And there's, it's rare, and it's durable. But Bitcoin, is that rare? Hasn't been around very long. So how do you know how much? What I'm saying is, what can you evaluate? How much? How do you know how much a dollar is worth? Or a euro? Or a, any of those? How do you know? You only know what it's worth and what other people will pay for it. Now, that's why I like Investing in stocks, companies, they have a value because they have a earnings, a sales stream coming into the company. You can evaluate that. That's, I just want, I'm not saying you don't invest in Bitcoin, even though I wouldn't, or gold, even though I do. am not saying you should. I'm saying you don't really have a good way to evaluate it, how much it's worth, you know and it, i want you to know the difference between evaluating something that you can put a firm number on because of its sales and earnings and growth and margins and all those things versus something that people don't have a clue what it's worth other than what other people think it's worth there's a major difference there make sure you understand that difference when you're an investor okay let me make time for another Paul, question this came in earlier 888
0: 99 chart hey steve justin this is rob out of chicago love your show it's ridiculous love learning and hearing everyone else's perspective on what they're looking at Uh, i have a small position in philip morris which is pm and i'm at about 72 bucks a share and obviously with just the recent news the ceo stepping down the altria merger not happening uh looked like it rallied overnight to about 76 a share. And I'm wondering uh, your thoughts. This is it could be a potentially long-term and hold for me, but um, I need to keep some liquid just in my investment portfolio. And I obviously love the dividend. So wondering your thoughts on, because of this move specifically, if this is spiking from that, how long it'll go, if I should take some off the top and let that ride with a dividend. And I uh, look forward to hearing it on the podcast. Thanks, guys.
1: We do own Philip Morris one or two of our managed accounts. So uh, PM is a symbol. It uh, makes cigarettes sold worldwide under Marlboro, L and M, and other brands. Uh, you know, it also sells cigars and pipe tobacco. Um, I like. We buy it. We bought it because of the dividend, five point seven percent at this point. It bottomed around seventy dollars, and now it's at eighty two seventy eight today. It's made a nice run up, but that was a bottom from a price of about eighty eight last uh, in July. So, you know, it fell, but then now it's making a comeback. And, you know, the reason why you buy this stock, you don't really buy it for growth because it doesn't grow. You buy it for the dividend and you try to buy it cheap. Last year in December when the market fell 10%, this fell down all the way to about $63 a share. So I think you probably would start taking profits. It's topped. It tops in the high 80s, and a bombs in the mid to low 60s, and that's where the that range has been for some time. So I would, you know, consider start taking money. It's still in the upward trend. You could wait for it to break a trend before you do that. In a short term trend, then take the money, take the profits, because I think it might still run a little bit more. But uh, it's getting close to that top area. So if you're trying to trade this stock, you, you look for selling it at this point. But it does pay a nice dividend. Nothing wrong with whole I, I think we'll probably hold on to it for a while for that dividend. It should hold up well in a recession because people still smoke. Remember, that they might start smoking more in a recession, right? <laughs> it's, it's a, recessions are very painful. I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance because that's what we do here. I don't, I don't, I'm not beholden to anybody. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP premium newsletter written by me and distributed every Friday. The e-newsletter every Friday, usually late morning I get it out, try to anyways. By Friday, it's out by Friday. In the newsletter, I always talk about I have a first section, market analysis. Talk about what's going on this week, what went on, in the economic numbers, and this week is all about earnings reports coming out. So we'll we'll put I'll focus on that a little bit. And there's other there's like four section there. And then a couple of stock ideas. You know, I, I, on Friday, I'll, I always usually talk about what was in the newsletter a little bit, give you some of the details. So go to investtalk.com if you're interested in subscribing, investtalk.com. And now I'm ready for your calls, your questions. 888 99 Chart.
2: This is Invest Talk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in person and no cost portfolio review consultations. Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th, and Friday, November 8th. That's right. Due to strong demand, Steve has added a second date in New York. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? Steve can show you how to get it optimized. For best times, register now and learn more at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Andrew in Austin, Texas. I've been listening for a few weeks and had a quick question for you. I'm an engineer for a small company. My wife's a teacher. My company doesn't
1: offer a 401k, so all of my retirement investing right now is in a Roth IRA while I pay down some student debt. My wife is obviously contributing to TRS, but she has the option of opening a
0: 403B or a 457. I've just finished setting up a Roth IRA for her and wanted to know what you thought about those other investment options for retirement. Uh, what do you think we should do for her? Thanks. A 401K, a four.
1: 403B and a 457 are essentially the same thing. A 401k is for private industry. 457 is for like oh maybe government entities. I don't I forget which one. 403B is for uh nonprofits. I forget which one it is. Which one is government, which one is nonprofit? If it's only that's the only difference as far as how they work, they work all the same. Uh, as far as how much money you can put in and how much you can write off and whether or not the employer can contribute and all that's all is the same so just thinking those terms so I yeah I would definitely have her open up a 403b or 457 I'm not sure why she has access to both of those at the same time that seems odd um, but yeah I would definitely have it because she could put more money away and of course you know, in a Roth IRA or a regular IRA, you can only put so much six thousand. Where you can put what eighteen thousand five hundred or something in a four hundred one k, four hundred three b, and four fifty seven. So you can put more money away, and hopefully, uh, they will match her. If they, your employer needs to step up here, even if they are small, it's not that expensive. I mean, if you want to attract and keep good talent, you you've got to have a four hundred one k these days, and try to match some of the, your employees' money. That's that's good corporate governance, company uh, company ownership. I do. I'm little. I can do it. So can other people. 888-989-CHART. That's our number. 888-992-4278. Okay. So um, Tesla Q3 came out, and the numbers look pretty good. Okay. They're better than expected. Now, what's weird is the sales were down, but profits were up. They actually had profits. So that's that's good. We'll talk we're going to talk about that more tomorrow. I think we're gonna get I'll get more into the weeds there. The Federal Reserve has started QE. They announced this a couple of weeks ago that they're going to start spending sixty billion sixty billion dollars a month buying uh, bond treasuries and treasury bonds and uh, putting them in the that is it's the definition of quantitative easing by the way buying bonds to put liquidity in the system and they're saying that this is not a change of the policy even though obviously if it's of policy At the same time this is now increasing their balance sheet not decreasing the balance sheet remember they're running it off and what happens is running that balance sheet off kind of led to the to the repo market kind of Freezing up and the rates skyrocketing in one day. What's a repo market? I, I don't, it's not what you're thinking, not repossession or anything. No, repurchase agreements is what that stands for, repo market. And what that is used for is, is for liquidity, for large institutions. In other words, they borrow money very for a day, a week, a couple, three days, maybe a, two weeks at the most. And the banks lend out that money on a very short-term basis, in a repo market, and they all of a sudden they decided they didn't want to do it anymore for whatever reason. Part of it, and I, it's very complicated, but part of the reason was um, uh, the banks didn't want to re- let go of their high-quality debt. OK, which because they have rules that they had to have so much high quality debt on their books because the government makes them have it. So they weren't willing to they wanted it. They tightened up their standards and wouldn't weren't willing to lend that money in the repo market, weren't willing to do it. And that kind of froze up the repo market real just real quick and very short period of time. And then the Federal Federal Reserve had to jump in there and put some liquidity in it and blah, 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 blah. So what is this telling us? Basically, what is telling us, if you've been paying attention, it looks like foreigners are starting to not want to buy our treasuries, our debt, as much as they were before the last few months, they started buying less and less of our debt. So we're not, we are going to have to start buying our own debt. We, meaning the Federal Reserve, buys the U.S. Treasury debt. We had to fund our own debt. Before we were relying on foreigners to fund our debt. Why do we have so much debt? We wouldn't have to do this, but that's a whole nother question. Anyways, what that will lead to, no one really knows. Just really, no one who knows. Here's another IPO lesson, or rather, an almost IPO lesson. We work will be ending as many as thirty thousand jobs. Remember, I rent from WeWorks in my office. And you already know that the WeWork IPO was canceled. SoftBank Group, huge bank, said it agreed to take majority stake of WeWorks, so they bought at WeWorks. The office flex space company, which is what I am, after securing a deal that could hand WeWork co-founder Adam Adam Newman about $1.7 billion cash in his pocket. It, it would sever most of his ties with the WeWork office because they're having them. They lose money. WeWork loses lots of money. So they were in danger running out of cash in a very short period of time. So they had to do something, and this was the solution. So WeWork is going to be there, but it's going to. They're going to lay off a bunch of people. I don't. Know. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. We'll keep in touch. So. Um, Anyways, I thought that was interesting. McDonald's, you know, McDonald's stock has gone up 15% this year. Strong fundamentals. And they're not complacent. McDonald's is partnering with DoorDash for deliveries and Beyond Meat for planet-based alternatives. McDonald's is really innovative for a big, huge, blue-chip company. They really try hard to keep things innovative. Now, they are... Vulnerable in the sense that they're kind of reliant on consumers, while other companies like Microsoft, for example, you know, derive a portion of their revenue from data mining and management and other things. But McDonald's is relying on you to go in there and have breakfast, have coffee, have lunch. But I think that, frankly, I think over the decades they have been pretty innovative. McDonald's, think about it. They started, you know. McDonald's breakfast. I mean, that was, everybody was worried that's going to flop. Big success. I mean, this was years ago. Then McDonald's, uh, Mc, what, McCafe? I don't know how if that was really successful or not. They were trying to compete with Starbucks. You know, I don't know. But they just seem to always try something different. Kind of like McDonald's. This is the Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you to achieve financial freedom. We all want that goal, we all do. It's not unachievable, it is very achievable. All it does is take work, dedication, patience. And we'll continue that work here right after the break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
0: Steve and Justin are ready for any money question you wanna ask, right now at 888-99-CHART.
2: on the next invest talk cryptocurrencies have come under heavy fire from congress and bitcoin has plunged so what might happen with facebook's cryptocurrency plans that story tomorrow but now steve peasley is here ready with answers and he's waiting for your questions call steve 888-99 chart hey gentlemen i have a question for you I Wonder if you can give me some info I've built a uh, decent construction business in Seattle, and I'm looking to sell it in a year. And I wanted to know, how do I go about valuing my business to determine an asking price? Is, it, is there some kind of ratio? I go off my net profit times XXX? Or <laughs> just wanted to see if you had any input, or you could point me in the direction as to where I could find out that info. Thank you much. Really appreciate your show. I'll be listening to the podcast.
1: Okay, I didn't quite catch what kind of business he had. Did you hear that, by the way, guys? Um, But I can... Construction. Okay, construction. Um, I know that most businesses are... One of the quick and dirty ways to evaluate a company is a multiple of its sales. Not necessarily a multiple of profits, but a multiple of its sales. Um, And how much of a multiple should there be? Oh, anywhere from four to ten times, okay? On a construction company like yours, if, if it's really small, it's difficult because you are the company, and whenever the person is the company, you know, you, you it's very hard to sell because you're it. You're the company. Yeah, you have employees, and you have other things, but without you, the value is nothing, okay? Now, if you have a construction company where you are not, you know, it's big enough where you are not the the person that drives sales and everything, you have a sales force, you have, depending on how big it is, then it's going to probably be uh, um, a multiple of your earnings. But that's how it's, it's going to be a multiple of earnings and sales, okay? That's that simple. And, and you, you're going to have to open up your books. And there are companies out there that sell companies. In other words, they take your company. You can go to a big banker and they'll do it. They'll find somebody and they'll take a, you know, a fee, a big fee uh, of the sales price. But they sell the company. They, they market it for you. So, you know, unless you have someone in mind that you know will buy it, that's how you have to go about selling the company. It's not that easy. It's pretty difficult. If it's a small company, it's pretty difficult. If you have a company that sells widgets, you know, you make and sell things, that's easier. But a construction company might be more difficult. 888-99-CHART. 888 chart Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart C-H-A-R-T. You know, you cannot, just so you know, I read stuff I'm reading at the same time I'm talking, and that makes, you can't do that. Have you ever tried to do that? It's just impossible. So I'm trying to read my notes here at the same time I'm talking. I got to, that's not a good thing to do. Anyways. Are you pessimistic, or optimistic about the market? Are we all too pessimistic, or are we all too optimistic about the stock market? Well, let's take a look at some of the things that should that would make you a pessimist. Do we have a bubble that could burst? Can we recognize or identify any kind of bubble out there? Um, some people would say maybe in the uh, student loan area we have a bubble. I don't think that's going to, even if it bursts, how how would that burst? Not sure how that would be, but that could be. So if there was a bubble of some kind that we could recognize, that might make us correct in our pessimism. I don't see that. We already have central banks are already easing. Our own central banks, I just talked about they're doing QE, even though they don't admit it, and they're lowering interest rates. All central banks are doing that. Okay, so maybe, you know, we might be too pessimistic about the market. Now, China's growing at 6%. Okay, it's going to go down to 5.8% next year, according to the IMF, I just mentioned that. Is that bad? How bad is that? Two-tenths of 1%. And in an economy, a world economy that's slowing, that's still pretty good. And... Even though the world economy is slowing, aren't central banks making efforts to reverse that already? So I'm thinking that maybe we're a bit, bit too pessimistic. China, we had something according to our president. There's partial deal with China. We'll see if that's true. So maybe we are too pessimistic. Maybe. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another talk program. I will return tomorrow. Please tell your friends and family members about our free downloadable podcasts. And you get them at Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or InvestTalk.com for that matter. Everybody have a great night.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis